This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, boss? You believe now? You you hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh no. Do you believe now? Huh? Oh no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote down. I read through that. I sipped it through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. For real? Shador Sanders from my HBCU? Absolutely. The one that played the Jackson last year? The one that you asked me, why would I give him the starting job? I'm like that, that? No, not you. I got receipts. I know who they are. Not you, baby. I just got to say it. I would never do that. Oh, and there's more where that came from. Rita <laughs> Hubbard, NFL chick, is here. And, you know, I was, I was going to say, hey, we're coming. But, but Dion already said that. We're coming. He's been saying that since he took the Colorado job, since he got to Boulder, all the practices, all the transfers, all the press conferences, all the hype videos. We saw it come to a head. Yep. Colorado beat TCU. They were major underdogs in that game. TCU was ranked number 17 in the country. They went to their house. They beat them in a thrilling game, 45-42. Now Colorado ranked 22nd in the country. And Dion is just talking that trash. Dion is saying, I told you so. It only a way, Rita, that Dion Primetime Sanders can. What is your biggest takeaway from Colorado win in game one of the Dion Sanders era? The biggest takeaway is, is that what Dion has done to um, put, the, put this roster together and construct this roster is unprecedented. The amount of transfers that we, he had had is something that we've never seen before, which is why I think that there were a lot of questions coming into this season. No one has ever done what Dion Sanders has done in terms of essentially getting rid of all of the kids that they had had previously and bringing in his own guys using the transfer portal and, of course, some guys that he had uh, at Jackson State. So I think that the validity of the questions coming in were valid, right? Um, but ultimately, what Dion showed us is that he is a very great coach. It's something that we already knew, but it's something that we were curious to know how this would translate into the Power Five level, right? And as much as we talk about the Pac-12 and its demise, it is still a very good conference. Now, I understand that TCU is a non-conference game. They're in the Big 12, I believe. So I understand that this is not the same, but ultimately, Big 12 was, excuse me, TCU was just in a national championship game. So you were thinking coming into this game, oh, they're 20.5 underdogs. You were curious to know how they were going to respond. And I always thought, Holly, that this spread was a little too much. 
I felt like 20.5 was a, was a bit much. I felt like TCU was overranked. And this is not me disrespecting what happened on Saturday. Let me be clear. I'm not taking away what we saw because what we saw was a great effort from Colorado. Those kids are fast. Shador Sanders is a very polished quarterback, which he was at Jackson State if you watched HBCU ball. But ultimately, that the game translates very well into what they want to do at the Power 5 level. And so that's the one thing that I think that we learned. The question is going to be how long can this withstand because their defensive line is really small. You can run on them, which TCU did start doing in the second half. They do have some issues here and there. Their offensive line isn't that great. But in this particular game, they handle business. And I, I have so much respect for that because they knew they were coming in a huge underdog. And they said, we're going to shock the world. And that's exactly what they did. You know, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought up their defensive line. I was talking to somebody last night, big college football fan, and his his um, his guess is that Deion Sanders' next move, uh, the rest of us are thinking about, hey, Deion with cornerbacks, Deion with two-way players because he was that guy. He's going to go out and recruit those players, which he obviously was. You know, Travis Hunter is that. Yes. But this guy was saying, hey, listen, watch the defensive line. Deion Sanders is going to get some four and five star recruits on the defensive line because they'll be able to come in and, uh, and play immediately because yeah. that's where Colorado is weakest. But that goes to another point that you said. You, you said Deion Sanders is a great coach. I don't know that. And, and, and that's not disrespectful. I'm going to say, I don't know if Deion Sanders is a great college football coach. I don't know if Nick Saban is a great college football coach. Uh, I, I don't I, I really what I'm what my point is in college football, there's probably a great coach at a mid-level or lower level D1 school. The record doesn't reflect the greatness. Why? Because it don't mean a thing if you can't get recruits. And That's this fair. is the brilliance. This is yep. the brilliance of Deion Sanders. He may be a great coach, but if you're a great coach and you can't recruit, it means nothing. It means nothing. And I, you could get away with being an okay coach and being a great recruiter. And that's yep. what the game is all about. This is why Dion is going to come in here. Watch out. Dion is electric with this. He can coach. Probably can coach, but I know he can recruit. At he can the really very recruit. Minimum, at the very oh, minimum, wow. he can recruit. Because he brought, I, I mean, I'm just, no, I'm saying, I'm saying this as a, as a compliment because he had track, right. he had future. He had Hunter flip from Florida State. Remember, this was a five-star recruit coming out of and was going to Florida State. Had him flip to go to Jackson State and meet him. Shador, everybody was talking about, oh, my God, I didn't know how Shador was so great at this. Well, he was a four-star recruit. So that's just because you weren't paying attention. But ultimately, these were guys that were four- and five-star recruits that he had and said, come with me. And then all he did was just move those guys with him. So I agree with you. And now that he's at a power five level, he can get essentially anyone that he wants. There are kids out here, Holly, that are weren't even around when Dion was at his prime, when we called him prime time, when we called him neon Dion. They don't know anything about right. that dude, but they still know who he is. They still find him inspirational. They still want to play behind him. And if he can muster up that defensive line, this team is going to be very scary down the stretch. My biggest question, though, though, Holly, is 
How many wins in two years does Dion have to muster up before some big team? I mean, and by big team, I mean like, let's say Texas doesn't love uh, Sarkeesian anymore and they want to start sniffing around. How long does he stay at Colorado if he continues to recruit recruit well and if he continues to overachieve like he did on Saturday? Because because I feel like yeah. this is going to basically ascend him in the college ranks to what we consider better programs moving forward. It's the same conversation, and I know, and I'm not trying to go down this road again because I know it was a very uh, divisive conversation. It was a very provocative conversation when Dion left Jackson for Colorado, yeah. and yes. there were some, there were some who said, "Oh wait, oh this was this was a oh this is just a launching pad for you. You weren't trying to be about you weren't trying to be swack <laughs> for the rest of your career. What's up, Dion?" So a lot of people were upset about that. And then others, like me, saw it for what it was, what I always thought. He's going to keep climbing the ladder until he gets to his goal. I think his goal is the NFL. Whether he says it or not, I think that's his goal. So if Colorado is one tier and he gets an opportunity at USC, or as you say, uh, Texas, Florida State, Alabama, when Nick Saban moves on, Ohio State, whatever it is, he'll go to the next tier. And if the next tier is, is pro football, He'll go to that. I mean, it's Deion Sanders. That's just what he does. I don't think he'll stay with Colorado because, oh, Colorado, you gave me a chance. Nobody else right. is willing to do it, and I'm loyal to you. That's not it. But I'll tell you something else about Dion before I get to my next one. A, a recruiting point, and then, you know, I'm going to go in. A little, I'm going to zoom in. Now we're going big picture, but I'm going to zoom in a little bit on some of Dion's antics. Mm-hmm. He is a he's going to be an effective recruiter in this phase of college football because a lot of coaches are used to recruiting cycles. So they if for example, if I recruit the recruit the class of 2023 and I'm a coach, I've already got my recruiting done. I can move on to the class of 2024. Then I'll move on to the class of 2025. No, 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 no. In today's college football. You bring in the class of 2023, they sign, they're on campus, you have to continue to recruit them and continue to sell them because of the transfer portal. So they, you ain't got them for four, for, for four years just because nope. you got them in the first recruiting cycle. There's a series of recruiting. You're constantly recruiting every moment as a college coach. And that's the story today. That wasn't the story five years ago. NIL has changed everything. Transfer portal has changed everything. And so Deion Sanders is better positioned than anybody else in college football to sell you. Now you may think, oh, this is a bunch of BS. Oh, Deion's full of it just like everybody else. You might get get to that point, but it'll take you a while because that dude is compelling. Absolutely. That dude will get your attention. Absolutely. And... (laughs) Yeah, you see what Nick Saban has done and, and, and getting his recruits in and how he m- becomes relatable. Well, imagine Deion Sanders, who, by the way, his parents probably grew up loving and following, and his coach looks like him, talks like him, has the same, you know, type of swag like him. Imagine how, how much that plays into effect in addition to who he is and what he can do to uplift that student. I feel like that that's, that's a recruiting gold mine if you're Deion Sanders. But you know, Rita. Okay, now, 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 let me knock Dion here for a second. Now that we've given him, <laughs> we've given him some, we've given him some praise, and let me knock him. It's game one. 
yeah. is game one. I know it was an upset. Game one of many, I would think. Even okay, game one of many this season. You knocked off TCU. Yeah. We've seen a lot of teams have big victories in late August and early September. And then when we get to January, when we get the bowl season, we don't hear from those teams anymore. So it's a little too early to be saying, I told you so, and I'm keeping receipts. And he he declared how many guys on this roster did he say should be favorites for the Heisman Trophy after one game? <laughs> I mean, bro, hey, it's matinee time. It's not prime time yet. It's matinee. We, we sitting here at the 1230 show with like nine other people around us. Okay, the lights are not that bright right now. But the other thing, and I love that you put this in your feed, we're not cheerleaders. Like he's asking, oh, do you believe? Do you believe if that is not somebody from the Colorado Athletic Department, if that is not somebody who draws their check from the conference or the school, they ain't got to answer the question. It's not their job to believe. It's not their position to say, oh, yeah, Dion, you told me so. No, they're reporting. And everybody who's reporting and doesn't sit there and bow down to everything you're doing is not necessarily a hater. Not hating is is professionalism. Not hating, just being a professional. So I didn't like that little thread that he had going, like, you know, trying to call people out and saying I got receipts and I read through all the bull that you wrote. Come on, man. Okay, and look, so, okay, look, just the same way you have a job as coaching, Deion, you know, as Deion Sanders, journalists have a job to be objective about what it is that they believe is going to happen in your program. Now, if you believe that there's some bias there, okay, you, you got to prove that. But ultimately, that is a journalist's job. And I, again, when we opened this up, I said, I can understand why there were many question marks about what Colorado would look like, because what he has done is unprecedented. We've never seen someone do this before with the transfer portal. So for him to say something like that, and to me, it, to me, he sounds like a lot of people that are also basically rooting for Dion. But here's the thing. You sit here and say, well, you, you, you want this guy to believe, you want us to believe. Number one, it's not our job, okay? It's no one's job to believe. It is their job to right. be objective. But fans as well get mad at journalists for these types of things too. And it's a very interesting dynamic, right? You sit there and say you don't like biased journalism when you feel like a journalist is being biased, when they feel like they're being objective about a guy that you don't like. But when it's a guy that you do like, you want them to be biased. <laughs> So you can't have it both ways, baby. You right. can't have it both ways. At the end of the day, journalists, journalists are not fortune tellers. They don't read palms. They don't predict the future. They're simply giving you what they believe is going to happen based on the experience that they have as writers and the experience that they have in the in the arena that they're in. So that is essentially all that's it. Now, if Dion and, and Colorado wins the Pac-12 and somehow end up in, in the playoff, college football playoffs, you know what? Hey, we all were wrong. And that's understandable, right? right? But again, it's week yep. one, bro. It is week one. We are very happy for you. You guys showed the world that you are definitely something that other teams should be concerned about. But that's it. There's 11 more games to be played. Let's see how that plays out. And the Pac-12, regardless of what we believe, because they're their demise... They're still a very strong conference when you look at the teams that are still there. They were 13 and 0 this past weekend, Holly. No team in the right. Pac-12 lost. 
So we, we just got to keep seeing what you're going to do. We're not me. I'm speaking to me. I'm not going to overhype this. I'm simply going to congratulate him and say that was a fantastic game to watch. It was a fantastic offense to watch. Hunter is amazing to watch. But I still have to see 11 more games to have an understanding of what exactly Colorado can do. Yeah, and that's Colorado big picture. You're right. We don't know what Colorado uh, is going to do going forward. We don't even know what Colorado is going to do for its, its next two games. No idea. Look great on look great against TCU and explosive offense and Nebraska though. So you you feel yeah. like they might go ahead and be 2 yeah. and 0. <laughs> I don't know. 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 But I do know this. Okay. And Dion, and he's great. Dion's great at this. Nobody ever said that he had to be completely accurate and completely thorough in in his analysis. He's a showman. This yep. is all theater for him. It's drama. So, like you, know, like like a lot of dramatists. Oh, I'm not going. I'm not going to do it A to Z. I'm not going to tell you exactly how it happens. I'm not going to give you full context. I'm going to shape this thing and sculpt this thing so I can do my thing. So. For, for Deion Sanders to say, hey, you know, you mean Travis Hunter? Travis Hunter from an HBCU and Shadour Sanders from an HBCU? Well, wait, hold on, bro. Hunter. Travis Hunter was the number two recruit in the country. In the country. Okay. In the hey, country. Hey, hey, hey. He's at, so, so Travis Hunter, yes, was at an HBCU only because of Deion Sanders. Yes. Deion Sanders the only one who could get a guy who committed to Florida State, Dion's alma mater. He can get somebody from his own alma mater to say, you know what? The number two recruit in the country, you don't want to go to my alma mater. Uh, a cornerback university has produced the likes of me, has produced the likes of Jalen Ramsey and old school Terrell Buckley, all these people. No, no, yep. no, no. You don't want to go there. You want to go to Jackson State. Deion Sanders did that with the number two overall recruit in the yep. country. And his son, yeah, as you said, Rita, his son was no two-star recruit or three-star recruit. His son was a really good player. I remember Tom Brady working with Shador Sanders out of respect for Dion. I think he had like a, a couple of one-on-one sessions with him. Tom Brady doesn't do that for, for anybody. And so Dion is making it sound like He's trying to create this whole story of, oh, you guys don't think HBCU athletes can play, which is true. Yes. But these are not the classic examples to use of why the HBCU, uh, why HBCU talent is great. We know it's great. Yeah. But now you I- now you've used two extreme examples to kind of make your point. Exactly. Like we can have that conversation because it is a conversation to have. There's a lot of talent that comes out of HBCUs. We all remember, you know, Steve McNair coming out of Alcorn State. And that was just something he was what the number three overall pick. I've never seen a HBCU player on the cover of Sports Illustrated before I seen Steve McNair. So we know that there's great players. There's a ton of great players that come from HBCUs. The problem is, is that the examples that you chose to use, Dion, well, other, you know, power five schools were looking into those kids and they just so happened to follow right. you. Not that they couldn't get into these other schools. They just made a decision, but it wasn't because that they didn't have options. Let's be clear. They had options. They just chose to ride with you. Now, the, the it's an it's a absolutely valid point, right? Because he did bring other kids up 
from HBCUs to bring with him to Colorado. So that is a conversation to have. I just think you're being a little disingenuous when you want to talk about the number two dude in the country at one point and a four-star recruit that you had to say, see, HBCU players are good. We know that they're good. You, me, Holly, we know that they're good. We ain't yeah. talking about those well, I- Come on. Hey, hey, Rita, I'll just say this. As we head to the next section of Brother from Another, the first 20 minutes, we ain't talking about Duke. We ain't talking about Clemson. We ain't talking about Notre Dame. We didn't, we didn't talk about we didn't talk about USC. We didn't talk about Ohio State. We spent 20 minutes talking about the Colorado Buffaloes. Yep. That is the genius and impact of Deion Sanders. Coach Prime. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I think we could be historical, not just the best defense in the league, but I think we could have an historical defense like the 85-86 Bears, like the LOB in 2013. I think we could be that dominant if we put all the things together and we just focus on the now and we're deliberate and everyone plays up to their potential. I think the sky's the limit for us. Okay, man. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Okay, look. Look, I, you can tell, you can tell, I enjoy this. I enjoy this so much. And you know what? Maybe my little gig, my little gig is about to be up and that I've had it for such a long time. I've been able to rely on it. I can tell you, I'm, I'm just going to confess. I really enjoy, there are like a handful of teams in sports that I just enjoy making fun of. One of them is Michigan because it was just in me. I, I, I was raised that way. I can't help it. Growing up in Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. it was all things Buckeyes, and I was against. I was against. I was told that. It's not my fault. I was told to be against the Wolverines. Michigan State, I love you, Michigan State. I ain't got no problem with you. Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, I ain't got no problem with you. Okay? All right. But uh, Wayne State, I ain't got no problem with you, Wayne State. <laughs> but, the, but the University of Michigan and Ann Arbor, and the big house and all that stuff, whatever. So I enjoy making fun of Michigan. But that's just like, you know, that's just from birth. But the Jets are on that list too, Rita. Uh, because I live in, in New England, 
and I've seen many Patriots Jets matchups over the years and I have not seen the, the Patriots lose to the Jets. Get this in 14 straight games. They wow. have a 14 game winning streak against the Jets. So I've seen every iteration of the Jets like when they're supposed to be good. I've seen all of their franchise quarterbacks. I've seen them all. They've had many franchise quarterbacks. Mark Sanchez, all top 10 picks. Mark Sanchez, uh, uh, Sam Darnold. Yep. My man, my guy, Zach Wilson, all top 10 picks, all franchise saviors. And so when I hear them talking trash, I don't know. It's like, it's not even like a little, little brother, little sister thing. It's like that annoying little cousin you have. <laughs> and I ain't talking about your first cousin. I ain't talking about your first cousin. Like somebody has to explain to you. You need the whole family tree to understand how y'all related that kind of cousin. Like, first of all, you see list D list cousin anyway. And now why are you talking trash? Why are you talking <laughs> trash? So that's where I stand. That's where I land on the Jets. I have to learn the hard way. It's different now. They had a great defense last year. They got a Hall of Fame quarterback. They have young talent, uh, intriguing young talent on the roster. I just don't believe it. How about you? I I uh, I don't believe it. I'm 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 put put me down for eight nine. Put me down for eight nine. Oh the Jets. How about you? Oh boy! All right. I, look, I don't I, I I don't know where I rank the Jets as of yet, but I understand the reason for him feeling so optimistic. Right? He has Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback, and last will last year was Zach Wilson. They were in a lot of games, and he just could not deliver. Right? So that's why we're here. But here's the problem, uh, Mr. Reed. Number one, you mentioned two different types of defenses. You mentioned, you know, the Bears, which I don't know if you heard this, but post-2008, they can't play the same way that the Bears could back in the 80s. So you, y'all not going to ever be the Bears, okay? No team will ever be the Bears. Now, what you could be like is more like the 2013 Seattle Seahawks, okay? Understandable, right? But at the end of the day, y'all have to get to that point. Yes, your defense showed some very good promise last year. I understand you got Quentin Williams. I understand you got Sauce Gardner. You guys do look good defensively. But you got to do it. And you play in the right division to do it, baby. You got the Bills, who's high-powered. You got the Dolphins, that's high-powered. You will be tested, okay? And I'm not going to even take the Patriots out of this equation because they'll find a way to hang around. Hey, they're 0-14 against them. They're 0-14 against them. So they they ain't high-powered. They ain't high-powered. They just find a way to beat you. They just find a way to beat you. So this is nice. I understand. We got a a real formidable quarterback that we respect around here. Something that you feel like you didn't have last year. I get it. You feel like you don't have to feel the pressure of winning games like you did last year. But you got to do it. And you play in the AFC, which is going to be hell. So good luck, Mr. Reed. I hope it works out for you. Because if it doesn't, you already know people like Holly is going to come right back to this topic and say, Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. you was the distant cousin. We don't care about y'all. I, I, I can't. I, I really. I just can't wait. I can't wait. It's 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 gonna be so much fun. Now, the one thing about their their defense, you mentioned eighty five Bears. Great point. You know the forty six defense, and yes. you know they they were attacking. They 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 were attacking the quarterback. They could hold. They could yep. do all kinds of things at eighty five. They can't do now. Uh, but but eighty five and in two thousand thirteen. Any great defense that you mentioned, those defense 
had takeaways. And it's shocking that the Jets didn't give up that many points last year. I think it was like they gave up 316 points. Think 316, a, a fair amount in, in 2022. Yeah. I mean, a, I mean, a low amount in 2022. Yeah, that's low. Yeah. But they didn't, but they don't have takeaways. Like if you're going to be one of those great defenses, it's not just, oh, we can match up with anybody. Sure, you can match up with people, but you need to be able to strip people. You need to be able to have some, like, like think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, yep. the 2 3 type Buccaneers where you, guys like Derek Brooks, he gets the ball in his hands, and not only is he going to take it, is he going to intercept it, he's probably going to score a touchdown. You need some guys, a scoop and score guys. And so the Jets are technically sound and good defensive players. Yeah. But I don't see the takeaway. I don't I don't see that takeaway flair that a lot of good defenses have. Uh, let, let me ask you this. Do you think number six in that PFT poll? I don't know if Florio did that or not. I don't know. Did Florio and Sims do that or or somebody else did that for them? Um, I saw it I on PFT. I saw it on PFT. So uh, it, I'm blaming hey, Florio for this. Six. I you know and I know, I, I think Matt Casey might have something to do with this, too, because he's a Jets fan. I mean, number ah, six. What? Number six. Six. That, that, you think the Jets, do you, t- yes or no, do you think the Jets, I know it's September, do you think they're the sixth best team in football? They lost. I mean, look, I mean they, they lost their last, what, six, seven last year? <laughs> Down the stretch. <laughs> they won seven games last year. I think that they're top they 10 had, team. I they're mean, top 10 team. They're top 10. But, but six, I don't think that they're six. I think that you do have to change. You have to look at them differently because of Aaron Rodgers. I think you do have to look at them differently. The problem is, is that we're probably overhyping them because of Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is an Aaron Rodgers of 10 years ago. And as great as I think that Aaron Rodgers is as a quarterback, I think that he is one of the most talented guys I have ever seen. He's still not young. And there's that. So while I do think that the Jets have a chance to be good, um, I think putting them at six is a little bit too much. But that's probably what Florio wanted to do anyway, was stir the pot a little bit and have us having this conversation, which we're doing right now. Yeah, you know, Florio's not much of a pot stirrer at all. That's just not his thing, you know? (laughs) Just kind of, just kind of quiet, a little reserved. Okay, now we have the top 10. Look at the bottom 10. And and at not only the bottom 10, the bottom one. At number 32, the Arizona Cardinals. And Rita, uh, I didn't want to bother you over Labor Day weekend, I just want you to have the time away because we love having you on the show, Rita. You do a great job. And I was saying, like, how do I inspire Rita to really be excited <laughs> to come to work during football season? And I was going to send you this clip from Jonathan Gannon just to get you really excited about Brother from Another. I, you know, and l- listen, I didn't send it. I want to share it with our audience, with our family right now. And, and feel free to show this to your coworkers who are slacking off a little bit, you want to get them charged up, feel free to show this clip of Jonathan Gannon to your coworkers. Welcome back. Who drove over here? Quick, let me see your hands. Who took the bus? Did you have fire in your gut? Did you? We're here for a reason. Don't get that twisted. 
Okay, we're here for a reason to win games. So if you didn't have that fire in your gut, you better light the fire pretty fast. Be who you are, just understand I'm looking for killers. questions, Sally. I have so many questions about this because wow. first of all, who's taking the bus? I just want to know what NFL players taking the bus. If you haven't been to Glendale or Phoenix or Scottsdale, you know that it's nothing but highway. Okay. So who took the bus <laughs> to the facility? Okay. And that's the, the he bus. lost me there. He immediately lost me there. And I just started giggling like a third grader because I am immature and but I'm not nearly <laughs> as immature as his speech. Okay. Because what is this? Do you have fire in your gut? Like, I, I, like, is this the way that it was edited? I need to know if that was like really how this speech went. Because if it was yeah. and it wasn't edited, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And was it supposed to fire anybody up? Because nobody looked fired up. Nobody <laughs> looked fired up. I like Buddha Baker. When they show Buddha Baker, they're like, uh, okay. There, oh, no, no, that's not. No, no, we're going to get there. We'll get to Buddha. Did you? I love that. Did you take the bus? Buddha Baker is like, what? Where, where, where are we going with this? There he is. There he is. <laughs> like, what is, what's happening here? Everyone looks confused. No one looks motivated or inspired. Everyone looks confused. And you know what? I understand because as a viewer, I was confused. So I know it, yeah. and he wasn't talking to me. So I can't even imagine being there, listening to this, and then telling us you want, you know, effing killers or whatever. It's the weirdest string of of, of a speech I've ever entailed in my entire life. Well, I'll tell you this, Rita. You, you talked about the editing. Don't blame the editor, because I know here on Brother From Another, when we do best ofs and we do, you know, clips to send out, they take out, they take out the lulls that we have and just right. try to make us look our best. So that is Jonathan Gannon at his best. You don't want the unedited stuff. You don't you don't want to see that. You don't want to see what's on the cutting room floor. I mean, that, that is like, that is just that paint just sitting there drying. Maybe they Awful. need to hire y'all people. Maybe they need to hire the people over here. Oh. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Well, that is awesome to see. Welcome back to Brother From Another on a Tuesday. And we have the man of Troy himself, DeMarcus Ware. He's here. And DeMarcus, when you see that HOF 2023 that you signed, it must blow your mind because... Look, DeMarcus, I remember like yesterday, I remember when you were drafted by the Cowboys and Bill, they were talking to Bill Parcells and Bill Parcells compared you favorably to Lawrence Taylor. I was like, man, Bill Parcells has lost his mind. He's comparing this dude to LT. But here you are in the Hall of Fame alongside Lawrence Taylor. What's it like? What's all of this been like for you? You know, it's been, it's been phenomenal. Um, just a journey in general of being able to just work so hard you know, then get released, go to Denver, win a championship, and then them say you're not, not a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? And then I'm like, okay, when am I going to make it? That's what I was thinking. And then once I got in, it felt like it was just like I was a first ballot Hall of Famer. It didn't matter. It didn't matter about the time. It matter about the favor that God gave you. It was a perfect opportunity. So, um, I mean, it, it's still surreal. I can't even fathom because it wasn't a dream. <laughs> I, you can't dream of making the Hall of Fame. You can dream of making enough, you know, defensive player of the year, win the Super Bowl, so on and so forth. But you can't say I'm going to make the Hall of Fame. That's just favor that God wants to put in your life and say, hey, you etch your name in stone of the NFL crest and we want your story to live forever in the world's history. You definitely belong in the Hall of Fame, and so congratulations on that. But talk about your decision to sing the national anthem in the Hall of Fame. Like that, the, like that is a big deal, right? And to be able, obviously, you've played in crowds of people before, but singing is a different type of situation. So, what inspired you to do that? Uh, actually, uh, one of my former teammates, Demarius Thomas, we used to sing it on the sideline. And I was like, I wonder how much pressure it is. And I got an opportunity to sing it, you know, to bring out really the beginning of the season at the Hall of Fame uh, game. And I told myself and I prayed for it. I had six months to prepare for this, right? And I told DT at the time when we when I was praying, I said, dude, you're going to feel this. And <laughs> when I got out there, I really breathe like seriously I couldn't breathe and I looked at my vocal coach and I was like I don't think I can do this and they were like one minute left 30 seconds 20 seconds I said DT you better bring your ass like that's that's the way I felt and all of a sudden I looked straight ahead and I saw I don't know what it was but it was like a some fresh air like right in front of me I just started singing the song and it was a, one of the most amazing feelings in my life. And I was like, bro, we did it. And it was one of those things where I, I got, he got to be my teammate one more time. That, that's great. And you, you mentioned, you know, just a few minutes ago, you said, you don't dream about being defensive player of the year, hall of fame, all that you, you, you dream about making the league. I'm sure there were moments at Troy where you said I could do it. How about the moments? Were there any moments that you can remember where you said to yourself, uh, I don't think I'll be able to do this. 
probably my freshman year. Um, there was a couple of times when I wanted to go back home. I did go back home, and I told that story um, in my Hall's Fame speech where I went to a party, I went back home, and you know, a gun was right there to my head, and it changed my life. And God gave me another opportunity to say, hey, you can. Um, and once that happened, I really just took it as serious as possible from, you know, grades all the way to playing the sport and was able to get drafted. And I said, if God, if you put that, open that door for me in the NFL, I promise you, I'm not going to let you down. If you let me prepare for 60 days, I'm going to let you uh, take over on the seventh to let people know that you are a bad mama gentleman. He sure did that. <laughs> I love that. In addition to your, the Hall of Fame, you're also uh, in the Ring of Honor. So you are just getting all of your flowers and deservingly so. So how does that make you feel thus far? Um, it's almost as you prepared so much in your life for so many things, and you're finally getting the recognition for it because it's your time. And... Um, with the Ring of Honor, I remember just going into the stadium and seeing all these names and saying, hey, I'm not going to let you guys down because, you know, it's a great team, great organization. I want to edge my name in stone with the Dallas Cowboys. Did the same thing, um, you know, in the second stadium he built here in Arlington. And now, I don't know exactly when it's going to be this year. My name is going to be up there with those guys. And I think that's going to be one of the most surreal feelings because I played so many games in that stadium. And finally, you see your name up there and you get to electrify the fans like one more time in, in one of the coolest moments ever. You know, it, and I'm not just saying this because you played for the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up a Cowboys fan. All right. So I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, just say all these flowery things about the Cowboys. But truly, if if I needed to name like the five or six most important organizations in the NFL, the Cowboys are clearly in there. You got a lot of Cowboys lovers, a lot of Cowboys haters too. Can you give us uh, a, a sense of what it was like? What it was like to put on the Cowboys helmet to say, I play for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure there's something that you have, you've experienced that we don't understand. So help us understand what's it like to say, hey, DeMarcus Ware, Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think about it. I think about it like this. The more um, favor God puts in your life, the more that the devil tries to um, tear it down. And it's the same thing. The more that you're liked as a Dallas Cowboy fan for the Dallas Cowboys, you have more haters. But at the end of the day, if your haters say, I hated you so much when you played against us, but man, I love you because of the person that you are, that's what it's about. And I think that's one of the coolest things playing for the Dallas Cowboys we had a lot of fans that did hate us, but a lot of fans that loved us at the same time. But none of it, none of it really mattered because at the end of the day, I was just being me and just playing and did what I did. So you went from the Cowboys, obviously, and then you won a championship with the Broncos, which it feels like they're, uh, a, a, I don't want to say a, a direct contrast, but obviously Cowboys are known as America's team. And then the Broncos feel like they're, they're a team that, you know, fan bases typically uh, love. So how would you describe your time in Denver? Um, we know that you went into the Hall of Fame as a Cowboy, but you obviously won a championship in Denver. Mm -hmm. It was truly God's country. When you go to a place where 
you have one of the fifth wonders of the world with the mountains in there, you know, the snow, it was life changing. And that's why they say, yeah, you know, Dallas Cowboys is America's team, but the Denver Broncos and the, the Colorado, that's God's country. So those things go hand in hand um, for me. So I got to experience two of the best organizations, you know, that the NFL had to offer. And that was such a, a huge blessing because I got to see, you know, such amazing things up there in Denver. You know, I think about your game, DeMarcus, and, and all the things that you were able to do always from, from day one displayed a, a gift and a knack for getting to the quarterback and uh, you're, you're, you're the number one uh, sack leader in Cowboys history, but I'm wondering what would you what would your approach be now? You look at some of the guys in the league, Chris Jones, they got a game coming up in a couple of days and they're not paying him. They're not saying the number he wants to hear. So he's holding out Nick Bosa defensive player of the year last year. He's holding out San Francisco says oh, we, we're going to come to a deal, but there's no deal. How how do you how do you look at their Brian situations Burns as well? Brian yeah. Burns as well in Carolina. Oh, Brian Burns! One. Brian Burns, another one. Brian Burns, yep. Carolina Panthers. Yep. How do you look at those situations now that you're on the outside looking in and looking at these guys who are trying to do what you did uh, and trying to get to where you are? Uh, what what would you say to them and how would you advise them? Yeah, with the, with those guys, um, you know, it's it's a brutal sport. And it's a really, really short period of time. I played for 12 years, but it still felt like it was short. Um, so you got to make business decisions and make sure you get your worth because now those pass rushers are becoming like the Michael Jordans. They're they're passing the ball so much. They're huge playmakers, and you got to get paid that way. It's almost like if they don't, um, you know, have those pass rushers out there this year, you're not playing with Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's just the bottom line. So you got to have those playmakers out there. So to those guys, I I wouldn't want to hold out, but if you have to, it's a business decision. Absolutely. I I completely agree. Well, let's talk about what you're here for, and that is your partnership with DirecTV uh, with business. So tell us about your partnership with DirecTV and what it entails. Yeah, I mean, it's direct TV for business and, you know, ever, you know, ever past media, they really just teamed up, you know, direct TV has been, um, been doing this for uh, over 30 years now. And so they're like the ultimate destination for the, for NFL fans. When you go into any business, any restaurant, you want to have the NFL Sunday ticket on and really just bringing even more awareness to people that, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. You know, now we're trying to really just hit the masses of thousands of people. Um, because when you usually think about the NFL Sunday ticket, you think about residents. But no, 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 no. We want to go bigger and we're going bigger and we're hitting the restaurants, the bars, and, you know, just bringing that tailgate factor um, to what? Football Sunday that's coming up soon. Well, it is coming up soon. And, uh, you know, we can't get you out of here until we hear how you see this season, I, you know, your teams, you got the Cowboys. I don't know if you're going to mention the Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender. The Broncos, if you mention the Broncos as a Super Bowl contender, we might look at you cross-eyed a little bit. I don't know about the Broncos, <laughs> but how do you, uh, how do you see, how do you see the NFL season playing out as we sit here in September, early September? As, as I always say, you, you, every team has a chance. 
um, to win the Super Bowl if the injuries are at a minimal. And when you get into the playoffs, for both teams, it's always been the quarterback getting hurt, um, a wide receiver or a tackle getting hurt, somebody that's huge to the team. But if any, with both of these teams, if they can make it healthy into the postseason, they they got the it factor. You know, they got the the captains and everything on the Dallas Cowboys with Dak and Demarcus Lawrence and Micah. And, you know, you go over there to Denver, same thing with Russell Wilson. You got, you know, amazing coach with Sean Payton. So every they, they have the it, but it auto always goes down to injuries in the postseason. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what the season has to hold. We'll know around nine or ten games in, um, you know, where everybody's at. But I'm really looking forward to it. All right, yeah, last I thing think- for you. Go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead, Rita. Go ahead. I just was going to say, you know, the NFC, the AFC is just so stacked that it feels like Denver is yeah. the, has a harder path. But you really love the addition of Sean Payton because they do have the weapons. They have the wide receivers. They have the defense. They have the quarterback. It feels like Dallas has a clearer path into the postseason. So that part is interesting. I, I think that they have the talent at Denver. The problem is, is that they're in a conference that, a lot of teams are good. Yeah, they do have a lot of teams in, in that conference that are really good, but I like that underdog factor because um, when we won Super Bowl 50, everybody always just counted us out. You know what? You're not going to beat, you know, Carolina during the Super Bowl. Oh, my God, you're not going to beat Kansas City Chiefs. San Diego, it was a hard game. You play a lot of hard games, but if you can get through it, you will crush any NFC team because of so much talent in the AFC. And that's what we did. Well, DeMarcus, uh, thanks thanks so much for taking the time. Congratulations on all of your honors. Hall of Fame, Cowboys Ring of Honor. Nobody yeah. will n- ever wear number 94 at Troy again. You got so many things going on. And you have, here's a little bonus. You've told all those holdouts right now, I'm the Michael Jordan of our team. DeMarcus Ware said it. Put some more zeros on this contract here. Help a brother out. Thank you, DeMarcus. Great talking with you. That's right. More zeros. More zeros. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you all so much. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do I think the NFL scripted? You think I really would have played along with a script that had me losing to Peyton's little brother Eli twice in the Super Bowl? Oh, that's great. That's great stuff. Hey, Rita. I love Rita, it. look, I, earlier I told you I enjoy making fun of the Jets because nobody in New England makes fun of the Giants. You can't. Can't make fun of the Giants because of what Tom Brady just said there. Yep. You got uh, that the Giants ruined an undefeated season for you, and the Giants won another one four years later where you were favored yep. to win it, and they took it away from you. So uh, much respect to the Giants and much respect to this. The beginning of a football. Rita, we're going to have a game in two days. We're going to have the Chiefs and Lions, but it's a problem. I don't know if you saw this uh, news that broke about an hour ago. Travis Kelsey hyperextended a knee in practice, and he's doubtful. I shouldn't say that. Unknown. Status unknown. That's just to be fair. Status unknown for Thursday's game. So you don't have Chris Jones, and if you don't have Travis Kelsey for that game, Woo! I mean, yes, going with the Lions. Is Patrick Mahomes still? I, I'll take the Lions to cover. I, I don't know what that spread is. I'll go look. I'll take the Lions to cover, and I think that the Lions are going to make this a game for sure. But as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, I'm sorry. I have rooted, not rooted against them, but picked against them too many times, and I've lost. I'm not going to keep doing that to myself. Not okay. So you, you're saying. You got a history of just seeing what winners do and then going and letting winners be winners, letting which winners goes to winners. another, which goes to another item uh, in your feed, Coco Golf. Yeah, oh, I, I know you want to talk about Coco. Coco wins again. So what do you think about that? I mean, uh, this is uh, this is great stuff. First American teenager to reach the U.S. Open semifinals since Serena. Yes, 22 I love years it. ago, 22 years ago. Yeah, shout out yes. Coco Golf. Shout out to her, man. And I love it. I love it. Like, you know, we're not we don't have Serena anymore, but now we have Coco Golf. And so this is so and she beat down her opponent uh, today. Six zero six two set. I mean, it wasn't even close. So I, I'm, I'm so excited to see her career just continue to blossom. It's been awesome to watch. I'm going to stick this in real quick on uh, USA basketball. I see you had some like hating item in your feed and, and I'm, and I'm <laughs> taking it. It was a fact. No. What's the fact? What's the fact? The fact was What's that the they, fact? Lost with, they lost with, okay. No one famous, no starter, no star is playing on this team. That's all I said. Okay. Listen, it's USA basketball. They generally going to win their game. They beat down Italy. They're probably going to win the whole thing. Thanks for hanging out, Rita. See you later. Great job. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.